the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this song away. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. This, this is the first time you heard the show. Welcome aboard. We're getting new listeners every week. And, and the show is in a couple of parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. The idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court. And in today's world, it's very important not to go to court because the court system is blocked up with COVID. I know some people are saying, wait a minute, it still can't be blocked up. Well, it is. There's been a tremendous slowdown that happened, and it's going to take years for the courts to get back, at least in my opinion. Elder law, we're usually talking about trying to save assets from nursing home bills, and I would say that's one thing that most of our clients are most interested in. If there's one thing that most clients are interested in is trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we talk about, you know, politics, history, religion, whatever. Today, we're going to go a little bit. We know it's Easter weekend, but we're also going to be talking about the Ukraine this weekend. And to help me, you know, ask some of the questions for estate planning and elder law, we have one of our paralegals, Galena Horchak, who's been. Galena, how long have you been with Connors and Sullivan? 15 years, over 15 years, Mr. Connors. All right, so um, what's you deal a lot in, in recording deeds and getting deeds ready to be recorded? But what's what are some of the, what's one question you occasionally hear? You know what? So I had a question. I wrote my own will. My neighbor said that's no good, and I should go to the elder law attorney. Why? Okay. Well, it's very dangerous to write your own will. And I can give some examples. I think we were talking about, uh, with Nicole a few weeks ago, we were talking about one example. Somebody wrote their own will. They had two people from a barbershop witness the will. The person had six brothers and sisters. Five of the brothers and sisters consented to the will. One did not. And, you know, there was a number of pieces of real estate property involved in it. And... The two witnesses to the will were two people from the barbershop who right now do not want to get involved for different reasons. Um, And then if you can't get those witnesses into court and testify, that will may not not go through probate. 
And, you know, a will is not just a, you know, piece of paper. You fill it out, all right, but and, and then it goes through. No, a will is a writing witnessed by two people that disposes of assets in your name alone. It appoints an executor, but it should be witnessed by two people who are willing to testify in court that they witnessed the will and it was signed in accordance with the laws of the state of New York. And, you know, if you write your own will, there, a, a lot of a good part of a will is the what ifs. And I very rarely have seen anybody who wrote their own will that takes care of the what ifs because you're just thinking about the facts that are in front of you right then and there. You know, you leave everything to your son. But what if something happens to your son? Does he have minor children? Is he married? You know, and, and, and you may want to take care of these questions. Or maybe he's not. But whatever it is, you want to have a what if. Every good plan has a what if. So you say, my son's the executor. What if something happens to your son? And in some cases, people do, you know, a will. They do it very simply. They only take about the first part of it. Let's say somebody has an only child, a son. They say, I leave everything to my son. And then the son and the parent die together in an accident or one right after the other, especially if the son dies first. And then all of a sudden you got your assets may pass to New York State, depending on what your family tree is, or to distant cousins that you don't even know. And that's what we call, you know, uh, under the law, laughing air, some distant cousin that barely knows you. Now, in theory, the furthest relation you can have that would inherit from you has to be a descendant of your grandparents, at least one of your grandparents. So in other words, it, and, and, and that's the thing, if, you do, if you're not married, you have no children, and you do not have a descendant of your grandparents alive, you're next of kin by law is New York State. And if you died without a will in that case, or if your will were properly not witnessed and notarized, I shouldn't say notarized, it was not properly witnessed, notary doesn't really affect the uh, the will, it just helps the procedure along. Um, your next of kin is New York State, and the assets in your name alone could pass to the state. And that happens more more than you might think. Uh, one example I always give, let's say we got a husband and wife. They don't think they need a will because everything they own is joint. Well, the husband and wife, they own a house together. They don't have any children. Husband uh, had a number of brothers and sisters. He's got nephews and nieces. And wife is an only child. Her mother, now deceased, was an only child. Her father, now deceased, was an only child. This couple, they have a house together. It's joint. Husband, wife, they're in a car accident. Husband's pronounced dead at the scene. Wife lingers on for a few days, then she passes away. They never did a will because they figured they didn't need to do a will because everything they had was joint. And that's fine. But when the husband died, he left everything to his wife. When the wife died, she had no will. And in the fact pattern I just gave, she does not have a descendant of her grandparents alive. So the house that they own together would pass to New York State. Now, we're going to assume that the wife survived more than four days with the husband. Otherwise, part of the, the house would go to the nephews and nieces of the husband. But your spouse's relatives are not your relatives, for better or worse. You know, you can call them my nephews and nieces, but they're not your nephews and nieces unless they're descended from your grandparents. So in this case, let's say a husband and wife, the house could easily pass to New York State because this family didn't plan things out. And if Again, if they did a will and the will said, I leave everything to my spouse and that was all, then this house again could pass to New York State. So, you know, estate planning is not rocket science. And I get criticized by some of my attorneys saying it because they say, hey, it is rocket science. It's not rocket science to you. Um, but 
it's not rocket science, but at the same time, it's not as easy it may, as it may appear on, you know, first blush. So, you know, that that's why you just don't want to leave. If, if you own a house, if you own any kind of assets, um, you, you don't leave it to chance. And I'll give you an example of another person. They don't think they need a will. But let's say there's, there's a woman, and these are true stories that I'm, you know, repeating. Uh, let's say there's a woman. She's on SSI. She has $2,000 in the bank. She doesn't think she needs a will because everything she owns, which is one bank account worth about two grand, is joint with her best friend. So she doesn't need a will. She lives in what we used to call a welfare hotel. She doesn't even own the furniture in the hotel room. So why does she need a will? Everything she owns is one bank account, $2,000 with her best friend. She has a sister, but her sister disowned her years ago because her sister was ashamed of her because the woman on SSI was physically disfigured. So her sister had nothing to do with her. So the woman who lives in this welfare hotel, there was a fire in the hotel. The woman dies in the fire. She did, never did a will. Now her best friend used to take her out every week to lunch, used to uh, make sure she had a place to go for the holidays, like this time of year, Easter. She made sure she had a place to go for you know, Easter Sunday, dinner there. Sister, again, had no contact with her. The friend paid for the funeral. The sister didn't go to the funeral. The woman, again, died in a fire. Lawsuits were brought. Other people were hurt. Who gets the money from the lawsuit from the fire? The sister that had nothing to do with her. Again, because she didn't have a properly drafted will. Everybody should have a will. Even if you think you have no assets in your name alone, you should have a will because you never know what's going to happen. The what-ifs. If nothing else, she should appoint her friend as executor to wrap things up be able to take care of her funeral and and do things like that. Everybody should have a will. How you plan things, how you want to do things, that's another question. But everybody should have a will no matter what the circumstances, whether you have assets, don't have assets. And again, if you have children, I know a lot of times I see younger couples and they say, we don't need a will because we don't own anything. But then they have a minor child. And who's going to be the guardian of that child if they're in an accident together? So, um, again, everybody should do a will. And if, if you want to schedule an appointment with us, you're more than welcome to schedule. Uh, phone number is 718-238-6500. We have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and Manhattan. We don't charge for the initial consultation. The initial consultation is free on anything that we're talking about as far as estate planning. Now, Galena, before we came on the air, you're talking about, let's say you have a deed, husband and wife. Uh, and that's a question you get asked a lot. Is that not so? Does somebody ask you a question, let's say husband and wife, and the husband dies, the wife thinks she may have to probate her husband's will. Uh, Galena, before we got on the air, we're talking about husband and wife. What's the question that sometimes comes up? So if uh, we have husband and wife, so for example, husband die, should the wife probate the will? Well, if their assets are all joint, they don't have to probate the will. So if the deed says husband and wife, um, if they were married at the time they purchase the property, they have the same last name, the house generally automatically passes to surviving spouse. So let's say we have a deed that says John Smith and Mary Smith is wife, husband passes away, house automatically passes to wife. And, you know, some of the people say, why in your examples you always say the husband died first? Well, because, uh, you know, I grew up listening to Alan King, and we did play, we did play that routine a few months ago 
back where Alan King used to read the obituary columns and always say, survived by his wife, leaves his wife. I think it's uh, time to play it again. Yeah, I know, because some people forget about it. But husband dies, wife can sell the house without going to court, without probate, and usually tax-free. And let me give an example. Let's say we have a million-dollar house, and husband and wife bought the house, and both names are on the deed. Husband dies, the house is worth a million dollars, we'll say. Well, the wife can sell the house properly tax-free because if, let's say, the, the husband gets the stepped-up basis on his half of the house, and I know that gets a little complicated, and you have questions about that, you can call me or one of the accountants in our office. But let's say the house is worth a million. So half the house, $500,000, husband gets the stepped-up basis. So his half of the house steps up to $500,000. And by the way, you know, if you guys were reading the Internet, looking at the Internet, you know, last year, um, there was a lot of talk that Democrats were going to take away the stepped-up basis, which means for a lot of people in the middle class, if they have a million-dollar house, the kids might have to pay $300,000 in tax they don't have to pay. Now, thank God that didn't go through, but that's why you have to vote. Don't take it for chance. we got to make sure that there are enough Republicans in Congress next year that stupid things like this don't pass. Um, all right, so husband gets the stepped up the husband dies, wife gets the stepped up basis on his half. It goes to five hundred thousand dollars. Assuming this is the personal residence of the husband and wife, the wife gets two hundred and fifty thousand dollars tax free because the property is her residence. So then she inherits her husband's half five hundred. She gets two fifty tax free because it's her personal residence, and if you sell your personal residence and you own your personal residence for more than two years, you get $250,000 tax-free on the sale of the property. Then, if you sell, in this case, if the wife sells within two years of her husband's passing, she gets his $250,000 for two years after her husband's passing. So she gets $500,000 from the stepped-up basis, $250,000 because it's her personal residence, and if she sells within two years of her husband's death, she gets $250,000 tax-free you know, from he keeps, she keeps his 250000 for two years. And that's not even factoring in how much money they put into the house or how much they paid for the house. So, you know, it's a million dollars tax-free if they paid nothing for the house. Their parents gave them the house in 1982 or something. Another thing which gets overlooked a lot is for older couples, when did they buy the house? If a couple bought a house before January 1st, 1977. That is an important moment for tax purposes. Let's say you have a husband and wife, and back then in those days, uh, usually a lot of cases, the wife did not work. So before 1977, believe it or not, there was a tax between husband and wife. If a husband died and he left more than $60,000, and he le even if he left it to his wife, there was an estate tax. And the IRS would take the position that if a property was joined between husband and wife and the husband died and he was working, the wife had to pay a tax because the wife wasn't working and it was all the husband's asset. And they were taking that position before January 1st, 1977. But when the law started to change in January 1977, where there was no more tax between husband and wife, and by the way, today there is no tax between husband and wife if they're U.S. citizens. Husband can leave his wife $100 million dollars Wife can leave her husband $100 million. There's no tax. The tax is only ordinarily paid when the survivor passes away. And if you plan it properly, 
You can leave $6 million tax-free New York State husband, $6 million tax-free wife. Federal is $12 million, which means you can leave $12 million federally, $12 million federally for husband, $12 million federally for wife, which means if somebody has a $20 million estate, husband dies first, wife moves to Florida where there is no death tax, and that's why a lot of people are moving to Florida. Children have to pay no tax on a $24 million estate. But getting back, if you bought the house before January 1977, well, the IRS for years and years was taking the position that they would charge a tax if it went to the wife, which means when they changed the law, they got, in effect, screwed. Because now the husband died. If he worked, the wife didn't. The wife gets the stepped-up basis on the entire house from the husband, assuming they bought the house before January 1st, 1977. So let's say for the sake of argument, um, a house is worth $2 million. And the husband died today, and they bought the house before January 1977, January 1st, 1977. And the wife was not working in that time. The husband dies today. The wife can sell that property for $2 million tax-free and not have to pay any tax because the law changed in January 1st. 1977. And and by the way, this is one of the reasons. And, and again, sometimes it, you know, it, it sounds like we are tuning our own horn, but it's, it's very important to get the right advice when you're selling your house, because I know a lot of real estate lawyers do not have a, a clue about capital gains taxes and how things work, taxes out of a trust. Believe me, I've been there enough times. And it, again, it's, not easy, but if you're selling your house, either whether it's out of a trust or whether it's out of an estate or somebody died, give us a call at Connors & Sullivan because we can go over it. We have, we have a couple of CPAs on staff, and we can go over it. And believe me, it's in my DNA. Whatever we do, I do not want the government to get your money, to get your, your tax money. If we can legally save on taxes, we will legally save on taxes. We will be aggressive in our positions. We're not ordinarily afraid of audits because we do the things the right way and we can deal with an audit. Everything we do, we tell you the IRS agent can be in the room, which some cases we do have clients who are IRS agents. We'll do it in such a way to, to maximize the tax benefits on your behalf. So if you, if you want to give us a call at Connors & Sullivan, give us a call. Our phone number is 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Michael, I think we're going to need to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. You'll listen to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Thanks for joining us. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak 
speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646. Or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646 and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Um, hi, we are back with Galena. And um, we recently interviewed this beautiful woman in her 90s who had lived in London during the Blitz, World War II. And the strength, the courage, you know, she spoke of the, they would go to work during the Blitz and they would go home at night just trying to have as a, a normal life as much as possible. Um, you are Ukrainian. Yes. Yeah. Kalina, where were you um, seven weeks ago when the war started? Seven weeks ago, I was in Ukraine in a very peaceful city. It's named Mirkarat. Definitely, it's translation, the city, peace town, you know. And, and where, where is that located, roughly? Because we've all seen maps yeah, of the Ukraine over yeah, the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you can see if you watch the map, it's uh, directly in the center between Kiev and Kharkov. It's uh, around two mi- 200 miles from Kiev and 200 miles to Kharkov. So it's in the middle of this, on the route of middle of this. Two cities that... You know, we're trying to be captured. One of them, God bless, definitely released, and another is completely destroyed, completely. It's well, let horrible. Me, let me ask you something. Okay, how did you find out that the war started? Uh, you know what? It happened early in the morning on the 24th of February. We were sleeping, and just my husband woke up and mentioned, listen, it started. I woke up. Just kept silence. I was shocked. And yes, we heard some sounds that, you know, clear. And now that it's some kind of bombarding. We were shocked. Then we just rushed to the terrace. And we saw this horrible flame. Maybe it's 
what about about 10 miles from us it's very it's definitely very close because the city is very small we didn't know what so we realized that it's happened something horrible so we heard this talking regarding attempt to invade the country but nobody believe me nobody could believe that it happened we thought that it's just exaggeration of the problems it's politicians and etc but nobody believed that this horrible invasion could happen any anywhere and it happened so we were shocked we just watch in silence the flames the explosions you know and we are speechless you know and that's it so what happened okay so you, you hear the invasion is on what are you guys doing where are you you're gonna first of all we started calling to everyone in our city our friends to find out did he, did they see anything did they know about anything yes everybody because a small city everybody saw and we know that this area is was the military airport so we realized that this rushes started bombarding the most important military you know objects and then we called uh, uh, to our friends in Kiev, they mentioned it's uh, the same situation. So we uh, we just switched on TV, and then we found out yes, it started all-out war invasion to our country just to destroy our democracy, our freedom, everything. You know, so it's not the first time the uh, this Putin, this is evil. He, he tried to destroy our country initially back to. 2014 when the provoke started his invasion and tried to destroy our um, uh, independent revolution uh, 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 revolution of dignity and after that all our folk all the ukrainians just united in order to uh, show the proper defense to this you know to to the to put into the russian politicians but at that moment all the world around and the Russians just they completely ign not ignored they just rejected uh, any of their participation in their in the just invasion to Ukraine 2014 and the West all the all the world just kept silence and just watching what goes on and what can what could happen my so that's why we realized that the horrible war that just was the announce of this war was just you know talking before it had started in september 2021 something like that and nobody just expected and believed that it's really could happen it's happened because for our understanding and for our knowledge everybody and on the tv before it, it the uh, 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 we realized and we knew that uh, the troops around 2000 200 thousands were um, amassing in the border to ukraine but it was just announced if there's some special training with the troops they are not gonna end putin on the 23rd of uh, uh, february by himself announced there is no way 
We are not going to invade the country. It's only our training and something that we need to, we are just following to protect the Russian, the uh, minor ethnic Russian-speaking folk in the Ukraine because it's just uh, persecuted for the language and etc. It's completely nonsense. I am Ukrainian, but my parents originated from the eastern Ukraine, definitely Donetsk area. And yes, the people used to speak their Russian. My mom, she was the nurse in the Second World War. And uh, she just, uh, after the war, she, um, first of all, it was some kind of uh, military, uh, you know, some kind of, not camp, but how it's called, headquarters, you know, of the Soviet uh, troops uh, when they just uh, uh, started coming back to, uh, back to the motherland. So she stayed there in the Western Ukraine, in uh, Ravaruska, it's just kind of uh, name of one small city. So, and um, she decided to stay in Lviv. It's one of the beautiful, amazing Ukrainian, European, just Europe, European city, very beautiful. So, and she spoke Russian. And that moment, yes, when the uh, Soviet Union was the uh, just the, won the Second World War together with uh, the uh, other Western countries, United States, England, etc. So nobody, nobody just argue or something said anything regarding Russian speaking people who started settle in the Ukraine, this in the Western Ukraine. And later on, I graduated from Russian school. Yes, we learn Ukrainian immediately. You know, it's, uh, we have two languages to learn, you know, and I am fluently in Ukrainian, Russian doesn't matter for me, but never, never I felt some discrimination or that I'm, that I'm Russian speaking person, you know, so it's completely. So for this point, everybody really- so for this point that accusation was just announcement they the russian the russian federation wants to protect minus russian speaking in in ukraine that are persecuted for their language it's completely lie so that's why what to tell the truth we were shocked when we saw this bombarding and we started thinking what we are going to do you know what first of all we know and everybody know that there are there were and still it exists the blacklist of people who are going to be destroyed captured wherever for the first you know even everybody around know that we have been a lot of time in the United States and etc. So even, you know, there are some everywhere. There are people pro and against this, you know, regime or whatever. So it, it could be pro-Russian anywhere, people. So we know that we will be the first in the least to be captured. So let me ask you, you're in Brooklyn today where we're talking. How did you get from Ukraine to Brooklyn? Can you tell us the story, your yes, journey? Yes, you know, yes. So that's why, that's, I just wanted to tell you why we made decision to leave. 
the uh, 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 Ukraine because we know that we are definitely in danger. Even we have the house there and we felt very comfortable. It's amazing love. It's amazing uh, life there right now. You know, when according to the income that my husband, he is disabled. So we had for Ukraine, we had enough money just to feel our life comfortable there, you know. But everything just completely... Uh, change on this 24th of February because we should make the immediate decision what we are going to do because we know what that what can happen. We, they started this uh, destruction of all the country. So to tell the truth, I was hesitated during all the day. I was thinking because I thought that maybe it's just once and now, now and that's it. It never happens again. It's just something for mistake. It's just the mistaken missile or something like that. But when in the morning on the 25th, it was the second bombarding, and then we saw this uh, missile that were repelled by our Ukrainian air forces, you know, so... My husband mentioned, listen, you have 30 minutes, just grab the most important stuff, documents, and we need to, we must leave. We must leave because I feel that it will be a long, long story with this war. That's why that happened. So uh, we grabbed all our necessary stuff, just because uh, most of all it was, we had warm clothes because we didn't know where we are going to stay later on if our car is going to be bombarded or wherever you know it, it was horrible feeling in reality it looks like right now that it's looking back i saw just the movie and i watch myself how what we are doing and what happened step after step it's horrible you know and I remember every city that we approached or left, it just well, was where, bombarded. Where, where did you drive from? We drive from Milkarat. Yeah. It's Poltava Oblast, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, we drove, we tried to find the places that uh, uh, maybe already been bombarded or not yet bombarded because, again, we know we didn't know the scenario, what, go, what, what could happen because, you know what, uh, when we started watching on the 24th, uh, the we, uh, the uh, TV, you know, it was only definitely all the programs. It was just some kind of, uh, you know, programs devoted only. It's an announcement of, of all the situation that happens all over the Ukraine and uh, the... Um, um programs just indicated how people should uh, behave you know just to follow the ear or how it's called sirens you know how um, signal, silence silence mm -hmm. the uh, signal the silence yes mm -hmm. and uh, well, did and you decide to go to poland you know what we we knew already that because we were notified that the troops the Russians expected to be all over, everywhere, you know, because it's ex uh, 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 
I, as uh, intelligence or whatever uh, just found uh, uh, delivered to our you know government information that what happened so what are their plans because everywhere right now uh, we had our you know some kind of people uh, who can uh, deliver the secrets and obviously the United States the first one they had the people right. who just notified us right. with all this uh, information necessary and they notified us before it just in the uh, president Zelensky that it's expected to be invasion and just because maybe it's some kind of intent behavior not to make people panic right you know right they just try to calmly explain how you need to behavior and etc so that's why we try to find we already knew that this some areas is already bombarded so possibly they're not going to do it again so we'll try to manipulate in this way you know and we went through kremenchuk no we not go we decided not to go to poland through poland because the nearest custom from us it's the Odessa, it's Odessa Oblast. And we knew that they bombarded already some places in Odessa as well, but we decided to take, to take this direction. And uh, I uh, have my very close friends in Lviv, and um, they have relatives in Kishinev, the capital of Moldova. So we decided to go just through Moldova, then through Europe to what, German. Now, what is Moldova? I mean, I, I think most Americans never even heard of the country of Moldova. You know what? Moldova, it's, Moldova, it's, um, it's a very friendly country. Um, it was one of the 15th Republic that uh, joined United uh, Soviet Union uh, long ago. And after 1990, when uh, the Soviet Union collapsed, so everyone just uh, uh, got their own way of uh, development. And uh, you know what, Moldova, uh, you know that uh, long ago it was in 19, the same when Putin just uh, became the president of uh, Russia. It was one of the, his, uh, it was one of the beginning to realize his ambitions to create or create the Soviet Union empire. So he tried to uh, separate Moldova and create separate Pridnestrovia Republic, where he just consolidated the Russian troops. So just to provoke any situation and to force Moldova to get back to uh, Soviet Union. So that's why this Pridnestrovia, it's called area, all the time, at the same, for example, is in, in um, um, oh, for example, in... Uh, um, Bosnia, in Banja Luka, for example, they have, they created, the same as Serbians, created their separate, you know, government, their separate republic inside the country, you know, it's the same. So the same that Putin wanted to do right now when they created uh, with the separatists two independent republics not uh, proved all over the world, it just proved by uh, Russians and uh, Donetsk, Narodna uh, Respublika and Lugansk, Narodna Respublika. Public. Uh, okay. It's a republic. It's called, you know. Yeah, we got a few minutes left, but let's say, you, how hard was it to get into Moldova? You know what? So uh, sometimes we just left. We, we left. We heard these bombardments, but we tried to escape it. So it took us about maybe twenty hours 
to get to the direction to this custom, but we almost could be stuck forever. We just were lucky because maybe we felt the prayings of all our relatives, friends all over. You know what happened? We chose by navigation some point of this custom. You know, there are three points, you know, we just... It was closer to us, so we chose one point. I, to tell the truth right now, I forgot what is the name of this. And we drove this way. And it left 15 kilometers at maybe, maybe 10 miles, less than 10 miles to this custom. It was already maybe 8 p.m., 9 p.m., so dark. The road was absolutely empty. It's only several cars or whatever. And we just started approaching. And we were stuck with horrible scene. First of all, the road was completely destroyed. It looks oh, like that it no. maybe half hour ago before us because everything was very fresh, you know? It looked like that it was some kind of bombardment before we approached this road, you know, the road was just completely destroyed. The all the field was on fire. Oh goodness. So we we stopped in shock. We didn't know what to do. Nobody around. Navigation didn't work. So what should we do? What should we do? It was horrible, you know? How was it crossing the border? Did they give you a hard time or did you go? Listen, later on, quick? we just, no, we just, we were lucky because we found in maybe 10, 15 minutes, another two cars just were following the same direction. So we just crossed and mentioned, God bless you guys because Very we are good. not alone right now. Very good. And then I tried to, we, tr we just tried to drive some way to get back to the main road or whatever. Right. And then I called my relatives and just find out how can we get, what is the main custom where we can get definitely to uh, pass this custom. Right. They know that is called um, Palanka. Palanka, it's a small city close to, it's maybe 200 kilometers, 160 miles from Odessa. So then we just added to Navigator this direction and we ch chose one of the cars because my husband mentioned, listen, I'm completely destroyed. I cannot follow with in front. So right, we, right. we just asked another family in the car. They took advantage and to, to drive in the front. So we just followed over two so hours. So what happens? You're in Moldova. What happens next? Listen, I told you another story. We saw the horrible pictures of these refugees, the people, the just the women that left the husbands in Ukraine yeah, with children right. with only one back in the in their back back in their back and they just uh, let couple uh, dogs or the carriages with a cat it's heartbreaking the people just needed they were enforced to uh, uh, take away their car just uh, to step out of the car because they uh, the, uh, the uh, this petrol or whatever this it's oh, over God. they don't right. they didn't have because the it was huge huge line over maybe 10 12 miles oh gosh so we stayed on this custom about 
24 hours and just we approached the custom a little bit you know mm -hmm. so we were so upset exhausted because you cannot even sleep right. you need to step by step to you know to move right and then again i called because everybody were calling us not everywhere the phone just uh, was working so it's horrible right. you know it, and uh, so i called them my friend they mentioned listen we just found out that there is in a couple miles it's 10 miles from this custom there is another one it's look like there is less line there and it's just goes quicker than this one just try to get to right. this Right. So we just escaped and went directly to this, and it took us about 20 hours, right. but it, right. at least it moved. Okay, so like I said, we're, we are running a town, so you're Moldova. What's next? So Moldova, we stayed there for seven. We stayed there for seven days. Why we stayed there? Because we tried to meet our friends who were stuck in Kharkov. It's a, a very... Um, young family husband and wife and two kids five years you know and we just try we were trying to help them to go through custom because we knew already the rules how to you know manipulate or how they could uh, get rid from ukraine together you know so that's why we were waiting for them for the last minute it uh, took us about seven days but they were there they couldn't move so we mentioned that listen we couldn't wait anymore we need to right. go forward right and um, so then after moldova um, we uh, had the trip through the following uh, countries it's romania it's hungary it's uh, austria and germany Wow. Did you get have any problem going through customs in those you know places? You know what? Everywhere, God bless everybody. Definitely, they knew already about Ukraine. Everywhere, Ukrainians were welcomed. Oh, that's they, wonderful! They organized these refugee camps for them. Even in Moldova, when we visit one of these camps, guys, it's horrible you know it's so heartbreaking it's just tears coming from you right, when you see right. these people definitely with with a lot of children you know unbelievable it's just this scene stage that you can see from movie you know you couldn't okay. realize that well, it's listen, i still couldn't believe that it happened listen to us, we are know? so glad you're here safe and sound and there's going to be more to this story okay okay because we need to take a, a break we ran out of time for this week's show but thank you for Glena for being on it and you'll come back again right yes yes i come back i'm very happy we love you here. so much okay. thank you okay thank you again Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for. Because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, there are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 
213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. I'm in a good place in my life. And I'm energized by new adventures. I've got friends to laugh with. And a good relationship. But even though I'm kind of comfortable, I sometimes wonder, is there something more? Could God in church be what you're looking for? Come and see at catholicscomehome.com. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with uh, me, Mike Connors. We're just talking to Galena. And Beth and Michael are, you know, in the studio right now. Hello, everyone. And if you remember a few weeks ago, we are talking about the, the Knights of Malta and how they're raising money to help uh, the people in Ukraine. And I, I would dare say I would, I would be very comfortable with giving money to the Knights of Malta because they, we know they're a great organization that goes back through back to the Middle Ages, in effect. And they're volunteers. Uh, yeah. So every, all, everything you give goes directly to the needy. Right, and so I, I would say that. But now, Beth, you were also talking about Samaritan's Purse. Samaritan's Purse is another one. but And these are doctors, these are nurses. They get in the field. They have a lot of money coming in for the, from the United States and probably all over the world. But Samaritan's Purse came up to New York City at the beginning of COVID to help. So they are, we're going we're gonna to find out more. But I know, I know Samaritan's Purse and I know... Um, Knights of Malta are in the middle of it, but we're going to find more as this goes along. We'll learn more and more. But the most important thing, this is Easter. This is the Easter season. This is, this is the time that we pray. We must pray for everyone in need and maybe an extra prayer for the Ukrainians. Ukraine is in, is in, it's just a disaster. We love you, Galena. Thank we you. will we will be praying for for you all. Thank okay. You. Thank and you. It, it, I could just put something in on this. Um, you know, I was at a vigil for Ukraine last week, and one of the things that happened was 
the prime minister in exile of East Turkestan, the, the leader of the Uyghur people, actually came through to support the Ukrainians. So, I mean, you know, the, there is hope with collaboration between oppressed peoples. Um, it's tough, but they're, they're willing to stand together. So that was, that was a, just a, a right. surprise and a beautiful moment. And let's just, you know, happy Easter, everybody. Let's be thankful for that we live in the United States of America. For all our problems, Absolutely. let's be thankful we're here we in the blessed. U.S. of A. Thank we you. are blessed. Yeah. All, all right. right. Thanks for joining us. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.